0: Well, how about, uh, we were talking about Davis Bevel yesterday toward, in the second hour of the show, and now the Sooners have their backup quarterback. Pitt transfer Davis Bevel is uh, going to be a uh, Oklahoma Sooner. We found that out yesterday. Didn't play a whole lot at Pitt. There was this Kenny Pickett guy who was pretty good who played uh, the majority of the snaps. Obviously, he didn't play in the bowl game last year. But Davis Bevel did get in the bowl game, the Peach Bowl game against Michigan State. He was 14 of 18 for 150 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He threw 22 passes at Pitt, 207 yards, one TD and one pick. And uh, he's going to be a junior Pitt lost that uh, Peach Bowl game to Michigan State. They had uh, their regular quarterback. That was their number two. Uh, Nick Patty, got hurt, broke his collarbone in that game, and Davis Bevel got in. And now the Sooners have their backup QB. Parker, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so obviously I think Davis Bevel, in terms of the ideal fit for everything Oklahoma was looking for, Davis Bevel fits the bill. And with Gary Bohannon... The thing that you always worried about and the thing that we were talking about late last week and even yesterday after we found out he committed to USF was that, well, you know what? Even if you bring him in, he's kind of got a ticking eligibility clock. He's only got two years and he's probably a guy that at some point is going to want to start. And if he doesn't start, he's probably going to bounce. Well, in Davis Bevel, what you get is a guy who is experienced at the power five level which was a huge criterion for Oklahoma as they looked around and evaluated their options as far as quarterbacks that they could bring in via the portal. Moreover, he's got three years of eligibility left, so he's not a guy that's going to predicate his decision on how quickly he's going to be able to start at his institution of choice. And he's also got a lot of arm talent. He's run an offense at Pitt – that bears some similarity to what Jeff Levy runs. It's by no means it's by no means identical because Levy's offense really is one of a kind. But what you saw in the bowl game from Davis Bevel is you saw a guy that has arm strength, has size, has some decent mobility, and can place the ball when he needs to. So He does not present an immediate threat to Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, I don't think, is going to feel threatened by Davis Bevel's presence on the roster. But you can feel some degree of confidence that Bevel's going to be a reliable backup option. If, knock on wood, Gabriel is to go down due to injury. So, when you're talking about what he brings, rather than the likes of a Nick Evers or a Ralph Rucker or a Micah Bowens, I think Bevel is a more stable option. And, you know, you hate, you don't necessarily want to say you know what you're getting because you've only seen so much of Bevel at the Power Five level, but you have seen him at the Power Five level, which is more than you can say for any of the other quarterbacks on Oklahoma's roster, uh, save for Gabriel, obviously, at this point in time. So, all things considered, this was a great fit for Oklahoma. And we had talked about it yesterday, how good of a fit this seemed to be peripherally. And lo and behold, he commits. You have your answer as to who your QB2 is going to be in 2022.
0: Yeah, and and the size, man, 6'5", 235 pounds. He just, you know, when you saw if you've seen any of his highlights, he had a touchdown pass again at the Peach Bowl loss to Michigan State last year, but, man, he, he looks like an NFL quarterback in terms of size and uh, doesn't have a ton of mobility. But still, I think uh, for a for a backup for Oklahoma, it's it's a good situation, I think, for the Sooners. And I know uh, some people were not real turned on when they heard that Gary Bohannon might be the guy. Gary Bohannon has played a lot more and played in bigger games, obviously, because, again, you had Davis Bevel. Uh, you know, the only reason he got the Peach Bowl game was Nick Patty got hurt, broke his collarbone, but he did a decent job when he came in in that Peach Bowl loss to the Spartans. So Sooners have their backup quarterback, and they also have another commitment, right? That's Parker correct. for uh, Oklahoma, another commitment, not just yesterday with Davis Bevel, but Caleb Spencer.
1: That's right, Caleb Spencer, of course, the three-star hybrid linebacker safety out of Colonial Heights, Virginia. And this is a kid that visited Oklahoma twice, most recently at the spring game on April 23rd, and was instantly sold on the OU experience and what Brent Venables and this staff could offer him in terms of development. So he becomes the fifth pledge in the Sooners 2023 class. And if you watch the tape, what's most impressive about the kid is, yes, he's big, six foot three, over 200 pounds, but he hits hard. Man, he knows how to take angles to the ball. He's very technically sound. And when he arrives at the point of contact, he will hit you with some force. So this is a guy that I think, looking over the tape, projects better as a linebacker than as a safety. And I would imagine that he either plays that outside linebacker position or that cheetah position uh, that Brent Venables and Jay Valai and Ted Roof have kind of collectively created uh, the uh, the role that everyone associated with Isaiah Simmons when he was at Clemson. So uh, I think that's what Caleb Spencer ultimately ends up being. I don't really see him as a true safety. I see him more as a guy that's going to come down to that second level, play outside linebacker or play the cheetah. And I think his stock is going to rise significantly on the recruiting trail over the next few months because, yes, he's only a three star right now, but. Just take a look at the tape. Take a look at what kind of football player the Sooners are getting in Caleb Spencer. This is a player that has the ability to one day be a starter and a high-impact starter at linebacker for Oklahoma.
0: I did see a little blowback from uh, some other fan bases uh, kind of dogging the OU fans after you know there were a bunch of retweets when that commitment came out. I, I love the fact that OU fans are now getting excited about three-star commits Now that Muleshoe is out in uh, L.A., you know, they're going to go ahead and be pleased to get three stars. Well, the answer to that is you trust in Brent Venables. You think this guy is going to get a four-star. And I think Brent Venables knows how to coach defense. And, again, maybe they envision him turning into potentially down the road another Roy Williams or a Nick Harris type. You know, a guy like like you talked about that could be moved around maybe as a chess piece a little bit with that cheetah position. But you trust in Brent Venables and that staff. It's about evaluation. You just don't I, – I, they're clearly not going to be the staff that's just going to recruit off the recruiting rankings, Parker. And, look, that's not to say that they won't get some five stars. Let's look ahead to 2024, and that could be a bonanza for Oklahoma. But I don't think they're going to be the kind of staff that is just going to recruit off the rankings.
1: Exactly. I mean, this is this is about evaluation. It's about taking a look at guys like Caleb Spencer who, you know what, sure, they might, may have an extensive offer sheet, but it's he's not the type of player that the big boys are looking at. And Oklahoma is going to recruit plenty of big boys. You know, for every Caleb Spencer, you're going to have a David Stone or a T.A. Cunningham or a Nigel Smith. Right? But Brent Venable's defense at Clemson thrived and oftentimes revolved around guys like Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons was a three-star prospect coming out of high school, Mike, so it is as much about the stars as it is about evaluation, and yes, stars matter, and anyone who says otherwise is misguided, but stars do not paint a complete picture of what type of football player fits best. In a particular system or what he can ultimately become if developed properly. So in Caleb Spencer, I think what Brent Venables and this OU staff see is a player that can be developed into an NFL caliber talent at Oklahoma based on the system, based on his natural physical tools and based on how they feel they can mold him. So if you're going to say you trust Brent Venables, then you got to be okay with commitments like this. And the vast majority of the fan base is thrilled with Caleb Spencer. There's always going to be that vocal minority, and we joke about it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, that vocal minority of folks that say, well, he's only a three-star. Why is Oklahoma recruiting three stars? But again, if you look below the surface at the type of player that Caleb Spencer actually is, not just what the stars say, or not just what the rankings say, it's pretty clear that this is a player that has the opportunity down the line to be a big contributor in Brent Venables' defense. And you think back to the recruiting classes that Venables has assembled at Clemson. They were good. Don't get me wrong. They weren't perennial top three, top five classes. And that speaks as much to evaluation as it does to development. It is as much about landing the blue chips, or I rather it is as much about landing the prospects that fly somewhat under the radar and that you know can be big-time superstars down the line as it is about landing the blue chips.
0: All right, so Caleb Spencer joins that 2023 class for Oklahoma. The fifth recruit, Jackson Arnold, Ashton Cozart, Josh Bates, Eric McCarty and now Caleb Spencer, the fifth commitment for 2023 for Oklahoma. So we'll talk more about that when we get back. Mike Steele here at the Jimmy Austin uh, OU Golf Club. The 6A state championship is going on right now. It looks like Edmund North is on their way to a championship, but uh, we still have a back nine to play. Don't forget, number one Oklahoma hosting a regional here next week at the Jimmy uh, so come on out and support the Sooners. Ryan Hibbles done an incredible job as the Sooners golf coach since he uh, took over. Already won a national championship. They might very well win another national championship this year. All right, we are brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems this first hour. Give Tim Lasher and his great company a call for all your heating and air needs at 405-579-3113. Coming right back right here on The Ref. Back with you on a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon. I'm Mike Seeley out here live at the Jimmy, the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club, and it's 6A Boys State Championship Golf happening out here right now. Next week, it'll be the number one Sooners hosting their regional in the NCAA tournament as Ryan Hibble and his Oklahoma squad bid to win a national championship. They are number one in the country. Got a great chance to get it done uh, last year. They were in the championship match. They were runner-up to Pepperdine. We'll see if the Sooners can get it done uh, this year. And win the Natty. Of course, Ryan already has won here at Oklahoma on his resume. Edmund North is the leader out here in the 6A Boys uh, Golf Championship. You can follow along on golfstat.com. That is always a great, great place uh, to get your golf information. They're updating the leaderboard. And, yes, golfstat.com has the very latest here on the uh, Oklahoma 6A Boys Championship. And uh, right now, Edmund North's lead is seven shots on Norman North. Uh, Jinx is in third, but Jinx has had a rough day, 21 over par on the day. It's very windy out here. Evan North two over, Norman North six over, and again, Evan North with a seven-shot lead right now as they are through uh, 12 holes here at the Jimmy, and it's Evan North again with a seven-shot lead. Okay uh 2023 we talk about uh the class where the Sooners currently ranked 20th nationally i know parker you talked a lot about oklahoma really uh having potentially the number one class in the country a unbelievable class in 2024 but what are the keys for oklahoma to really you know get this 2023 class going you've got what caden greens out there uh Jaquase Petaway, right, the wide receiver from Houston. Give me some other names that could, uh, you know, eventually send this Sooner class up the charts right now, 20th nationally for 2023. you you don't
1: have to look very far down the road to find one of those kids that could be transformative for this class and by Job, Norman Community Christian School, the four-star edge rusher. And then you talk about another guy that's very much cut from the same cloth, another four-star edge rusher out of North Kansas City, P.J. Adabare. Those are two guys – that you got to have at this point in time with what the edge board looks like for Oklahoma, those two appear to be the clear top options. And when you're talking about the offers that Oklahoma has made at the position, those two easily have the highest ceilings. And Oklahoma right now appears to have a steady lead for Atabare. Job, now it would seem that because he lives in Norman, right, Oklahoma would have the natural inroad there, but he's not an Oklahoma native. So the local sway of the Sooner Crimson and Cream doesn't go as far with Job as the casual fan might figure. So that might be one that Oklahoma's not quite out of the woods with yet. But we talk about those guys. Uh, obviously, Mikael Harrison, pilot the four-star slot wide out, out of Temple, Texas, is another guy that Oklahoma is trending in the right direction for. Caden Green has got to be the cornerstone of this offensive line class. You got to lock him down, and I think the Sooners will. But that's one that they need to wrap up. He's angling for a decision in July, so shouldn't be too much longer before we find out uh, what he or what his ultimate decision is, and if the Sooners can maintain their lead in his recruitment to me the biggest question right now is what do you do at the running back position because Trey Wisner surprised everybody with an abrupt commitment to Texas he had long been an Oklahoma lean I get the feeling as of late that Dylan Edwards might not be a lock for Oklahoma that might not be as much of a slam dunk as a lot of folks initially anticipated And so that is, I think, the one position right now where it's kind of unclear where Oklahoma can go to lock down a couple dudes. And you don't necessarily need to get multiple running backs in this class because of the existing depth that you have at the position and the fact that you were able to secure two high-end backs in the class of 2022 in Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. But you'd love to get at least one. It's just a matter of who that one is. Who is
0: uh, who's Oklahoma's main competition, you think, for Dylan Edwards? Well, ultimately?
1: Oregon and Nebraska, I think, are going to factor very heavily into that race because I think NIL is going to become a factor there, if it isn't already.
0: Yeah, it's crazy again, uh, and and maybe that was a big factor with Trey Wisner, right? Because as you were talking about, it, it look, it was far from uh, – you know, a done deal or even at 90% that Trey Wisner was coming to Oklahoma. But he certainly did look like an Oklahoma lean and then poof, he's a longhorn,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was out of nowhere. <laughs> it really was. That was one of the most surprising commitments of the entire 2023 cycle. And it didn't seem super significant at the time. Obviously, it was tough to swallow because Oklahoma had led for Trey Wisner for so long. But it didn't seem like a backbreaker. But now that you got Oregon increasingly in play for Dylan Edwards, you got Nebraska set to host him in a couple weeks on an unofficial visit, and you got Kansas State, daddy's alma mater looming in the background as well, it doesn't appear for the moment anymore that there is a running back in this 2023 class that Oklahoma is squarely in the driver's seat for.
0: Do you think, uh, and and there's still so much time left, but because the uh, calendar has changed when it comes to recruiting and uh, visits and all of this stuff, but do you ultimately think that Oklahoma will end up with a top 10 class in 2023?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, look at the class they locked down in 2022. The class that looked like it had utterly fallen apart 24 hours after Muleshoe ditched. They still ended up with a number nine class in the country. So, true. if that's what Brent Venables and this staff can do under major duress down the stretch in a recruiting cycle, I think with an with an extra year of stability and with more time and more resources to implement their vision and pitch it to recruits at Oklahoma, I think the class will be just as good, if not better, in 2023. And 2024 is where you can look for it to be truly elite.
0: Now, when did uh, when did By Job say he was listing his top six?
1: Uh, soon, he did not he did not specify a date. Coming soon, then.
0: Yes. So, I mean, uh, Oklahoma's going to be on that list of six teams, but uh, you know, everybody in the country is aware of this kid, obviously,
1: and everybody would love to get him. So, what do you think that top six is going to look like for him, By Job? I think Oklahoma will certainly be in the mix. I think Alabama and Georgia will certainly be in the top six. I get the sense Vanderbilt will also be in the top six. And if I had to bet on a fifth and a sixth at this point, I would say Miami is probably one. And maybe Penn State. I don't know. But the top tier right now is OU Alabama, Georgia, Vanderbilt. That right now. So what is four. he?
0: Is he like a journalism
1: student or is he a big <laughs> fan of Skip Bayless? Why Vanderbilt? Well, by Job is originally from Senegal. Right, So he's from out of the mm-hmm. country. And one thing that Vanderbilt staff has is a lot of diversity in that regard. They've got no, several coaches okay. on staff that Makes also sense. hail from outside the United States. So there's some common ground there uh, that has been meaningful for Bai Job thus far in the recruitment process.
0: Well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. There's no doubt that Oklahoma would love to get by a job, and, and we've been talking about 2024, what it looks like for Oklahoma, and it looks tremendous. But the one variable that has changed the game so much uh, that everybody's talking about, a lot of people are worried about, and that's these collectives. And I know the NCAA came out and said that collectives should not have any contact with athletes, parents, or their representatives. But guess what? You know what, I, I you've seen a, sub, a couple of these, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call them agents or lawyers, or agents usually are lawyers, obviously, but, you know, a couple of them saying, you know, I can't wait till they come after me because what they're going to get is an antitrust lawsuit immediately. And I don't think the NCAA wants to fight all those battles. So I, I think this is more the NCAA trying to get some PR out there that, hey, we're, you know, we're trying here. We're trying here, but... I don't know if they're totally empty words, but I I don't know how they can stop this runaway train right now. I really don't. And I think Miami's uh, Miami's in business with the cartel, I believe. So, you know, you want to get in business with the cartel or uh, Marty and Wendy Bird in these collectives, some of them? Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. All right, we got a break right here. We're going to take a timeout. Mike Steele with you here at Jimmy Austin. 6A Boys Championship underway. Edmund North leading the way as we play the back nine here down the stretch. A seven shot lead for Edmund North over Norman North here for the 6A Boys Championship. Come back. Tom Brady. Is anybody living a better life than Tom Brady? I don't think so. Uh, I don't even know if it's close. We'll talk about that when we get back. All right, we're back. Mike Steely with you here at Jimmy Austin uh, OU Golf Club 6A Boys Championship happening uh, right now. Edmund North in the lead, a seven-shot lead over Norman North headed down the stretch on the back nine. Don't forget, the uh, Sooner men will be in action hosting a regional in the NCAA Championship Uh, Next week, Monday through Wednesday, here at the Jimmy. And, man, I can remember this course when I was a kid. I'm a Normanite, born and raised in Norman. This was a Perry Maxwell Maxwell design course, and uh, they didn't have uh, an irrigation system growing up. They would water the greens, and that's pretty much it. And you could tell that it was a wonderfully laid-out course, the whole designs and everything, tremendous. But they just couldn't water the course enough. So the fairways were not what I would call like Augusta national quality. Now, these aren't quite Augusta because nobody measures up there, but the job they've done here at the Jimmy, you know, with uh, everything they have now, it's unbelievable. If you haven't been out here uh, at the OU golf course, uh, course, the Jimmy Austin OU golf club, and most of you, if you're a golf fan, I know you have, but if you haven't, it, it is really spectacular. And uh, the job that Ryan Hibble has done with the Oklahoma golf team has been nothing short of great. And, uh, again, the Sooner Men that will be in action here for regional action hosting next Monday through Wednesday as we uh, are waiting on the finale here at the 6A Boys Championship. Okay, news today, Parker Thune, that Tom Brady is getting a 10-year, $375 million deal. I'm not good at math, but that's $37.5 billion per year. Immediately after he retires and will be the lead
1: NFL analyst for Fox. Hang on. As soon as he retires, it's his gig. Hang hang on, Mike. I'm I'm still crunching the numbers here to make sure. Yep. Thirty seven point five million dollars per year for top which we I mean at this point. If I'm Tom Brady, why not just retire now? Why not just re retire? Because you're getting paid Roller, more hey, to talk about football for sixteen no games a year
0: than you are to play Romo football. And Aikman just got eighteen million dollar per year deals and uh setting new highs in that department and Tom Brady's gonna double their money whenever he steps into the booth. I think it this this says to me he's
1: playing one more year and that's it, right? I you would think so because that's the expiration of his contract with the Buccaneers is after the twenty twenty two season. So this has all the makings of Fox realizing, oh, you know what? Tom Brady's only playing for one more year, so we better lock him down ahead of time. So what well, ex- a smart I would ex-
0: move by Fox, man! Right? I mean, that's really smart. Well, I, yes, you just they lose just- Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to Monday Night Football, and you know what? You, uh, you know what? We'll do. We'll come back with Tom Brady when he's re- when he's done.
1: Exactly. You know what this is reminiscent of is when Fox paid John Madden $10 million yeah. a year back yeah, in the day, which that's right. was unheard of at the time to be their lead uh, color guy when they were just breaking into the NFL action. It used to be CBS and ABC and NBC uh, that were the dominant forces in professional football. There's a very, very fascinating, very thorough story published by the ringer a few years back that dives into all of this but at the time fox was a nobody in the nfl space and not only did they uh not only did they make a big play to acquire the nfc broadcast rights but they also went out and bought john madden for 10 million dollars a year so to me this is this exact same situation a quarter century later with Tom Brady, you lose your two top guys in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, the guys that have been the face of your coverage or faces of your coverage for the last two decades. You got to come back with a splash and Fox certainly did. Yeah.
0: To me, this is, I still think the Madden move is the biggest one in broadcasting history because that completely changed the game. And John, the difference is John Madden was already the best analyst in football. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, again, he's the GOAT. He hasn't done any, uh, you know, broadcasting color commentary, but you know what? I bet you that Tom Brady's going to be really good. He's good on social media, and you know that Tom Brady will, whatever he gets into, he's going to work on it. It's, I, I don't think he's going to be lazy about it. I think he'll, if he's jumping in the booth, he's going to try and be the best. So I think it's a great move by Fox. Obviously, it's a ton of money, and it sig- signals to just about everybody that this is going to be Tom Brady's, last year, his last go-round, and then he jumps in the booth. So, I don't know. Of, of the broadcast teams we have now, you've got – I go Nance and Romo, number one. Uh, Buck and Aikman would be second, and I like Buck and Aikman, but I prefer Nance a lot more over Joe Buck. And then uh, Amazon, the Thursday night games, we've got Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet uh, with Tony Gonzalez on sidelines, so – it's going to be interesting, man. Tom Brady, like I said, Tom Brady, greatest of all time. I mean, we've watched him play in these celebrity golf events, you know, and, the, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good golfer. He marries a beautiful supermodel. He's the greatest quarterback in history. And once he retires from football, instead of thinking about what I'm going to do, oh, you know what, I'll go out and make $37.5 million per year. Call him football games.
1: That's a pretty solid retirement gig, there, Steely.
0: It is, yes. That that's more than my four k okay will provide for me every year. I can just tell you that.
1: Yeah, he's making a uh, he's making a little bit more money in the broadcast industry than you and I.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Uh, do you have any doubts about whether he'll be uh, good or not?
1: Not, not really. I mean, he's always been able to handle his business in front of the press with a smile on his face and great candor and those are oftentimes the type of skills that translate well to the broadcast booth i remember when cbs paid tony romo that big sum of money to be be their lead color guy and there were plenty of folks that decried the move and said how on earth are you going to bring in tony romo who has no personality at all to be your lead color analyst well as it turns out Tony Romo was one person in front of the media, but he was an entirely different person as the media. Tom Brady just has to be the same version of himself once he makes the transition to the broadcast booth. I have no doubt he's going to be phenomenal.
0: I think you'll even see him loosen up a little bit more than he already has. Part of that may have been uh, with Brady, you know, the Patriot way back in the day with Bill Belichick, and that was probably one of the reasons that he wanted to get out of there eventually and prove that he could do it without Bill Belichick, and he certainly did. But he's funny if you follow him on Instagram or social media, you know, Twitter, whatever. He, he's got a good sense of humor, and I think he'll even loosen up more. So I think he'll be really good. And obviously the guy knows a ton of football. So big time, man. That is big time. Ten years – million per year, $375 million deal for Tom Brady with Fox as soon as he's done with football. Now, do you think there's any chance he plays beyond this year?
1: I think there is just because at this point in time, we're talking about Tom Brady. Like Predicting that Tom Brady is going to retire, at a certain point it becomes like predicting the – end of alabama's dynasty all right we get to this point every single year and there's a certain contingent that says well this is this has got to be the end right it's got to be winding down and tom brady just keeps playing football do you remember mike eight years ago when everybody left tom brady for dead on that monday night when new england got oh, yeah. blown out by Absolutely. kansas city and he got benched for jimmy garoppolo it's been eight years eight years since that happened And not only is he still playing NFL football, he's arguably playing better football than he ever has before in his life. You remember, it
0: was Bill Belichick who thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was the better option going forward, and apparently Robert Kraft jumped in and said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. So, uh, between one of his massages, of course, Robert (laughs) Kraft, back in the day. That's where he did his best thinking, but a good decision to move ahead uh, with Tom Brady. So... Man, the broadcast world is changing, there's no doubt about it, and not only, you know, I think about, you know, when we had Monday Night Football, you know, one network would get two games on the weekend, the other would get one, you would get the Cowboys here in the NFC, we get usually the Chiefs, but then you get a big national game, and, and that was it, and man, you get football everywhere now, obviously, and... Everybody wants you to be streaming. Do you think we'll even need a television set down the road? You just need it like you'd need a, commu- a computer monitor. That's it, pretty
1: much. So, what, hang what are you saying here?
0: Well, I'm just saying that an, an actual television set, when there's still, you know, you've got cable television, but down the road, I don't know, how long is it going to take before they're just monitors like for your computer,
1: you know? Okay, yeah, I, I get where you're going. Yes, I'm tracking now. I feel like we're already just about at that point, aren't we? We,
0: we are, man. We are. And it's crazy. We all thought, man, I just, some of the people who cut the cord have said, you know what, man, all of a sudden I've got subscriptions to, like, ten different services. I'm paying as much or more uh, than I than I am for cable. So, man, they get you. You know what? These apps, they get you everywhere. I need to get on my phone during this break, go to apps and see how many apps that I have on my phone where I'm paying, like, you know, two bucks a month or something, and I'm not even aware of it. Because I get—I bet there's at least three on there. So, anyway. All right, but Tom Brady continues to live large and live uh, maybe the best life of any human on the planet. Breaking news. Okay, thank you to Tim Lasher, former Sooner, and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We're sponsoring our first hour here on the ref, on the home of Sooner fans. You need heating and air work done. You give Tim Lasher a call. How reliable was Tim Lasher on those late field goals and big games? Uh, He was money, right? Every time, Bedlam, Nebraska, think about him. And he is super reliable with his company. They'll do great work for you. Give him a call. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Coming back, one more segment. We'll wrap up hour number one here on The Ref. Keep it here. You're with the home of Sooner fans on a Tuesday. Mike Steely here at Jimmy Austin. Parker back at the Brown O'Haver Studios. Let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back. Okay, we're back here at Jimmy Austin. Mike Steely with you here on The Ref. Home of Sooner fans on a Tuesday here at the Jimmy where the 6A Boys Golf Championship is being decided, and uh, Edmund North has a four-shot lead over Norman North headed down the stretch. Jinx had a uh, had the lead heading into this third round, but uh, the Jinx Trojans have had a rough day, 24 over par. Edmund North and Norman North are uh, six over and seven over respectively today, so a rough day for Jinx on a windy day here at the Jimmy. Jimmy Austin, OU Golf Club, where, again, Edmund North leads, headed down the stretch by four shots over Norman North. Do you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line?
1: Let's go right ahead and see what the folks are saying. Uh, (laughs) One listener says, The Manning cast is the best, most entertaining, and only NFL football broadcast I watch. You know, uh, a lot of
0: people... May be going in that direction too. I, w- I wonder if there can be like another Manning cast out there. You know, whether it's Pat McAfee or whoever, somebody like that, Barstool could jump into something like that. Yeah, I, I perhaps don't know that uh, they could. They, they, you can't do you can't do the right without the rights, obviously. And I don't know. I, I'm 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 and cold on Barstool. A lot of it's there's some misogyny involved there. I think a lot of it actually but um i don't know uh, to me that may be
1: the future of broadcasting just a more laid-back kind of broadcast how about the uh how about the steely and thune cast i don't know that that could compete with the
0: manning cast but that would be fun
1: you know it's just kind of like and peyton and eli are so
0: good we knew the peyton i mean peyton's hosted saturday night live you know and been really good at it and he's great at his commercials but do you think that is more of the uh, the future broadcasting down the road rather than the traditional
1: No, you know, no, I don't. Play by playing color I guy. Think there'll always be a niche market for that type of thing, but I don't think it'll ever replace what we have now. Um, this is an interesting question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and I'm very curious to hear your answer. Mike, can you give me a couple of college football teams that you could get behind and really root for if you didn't have Oklahoma? Basically, who's your favorite team besides OU? Hmm.
0: Very interesting. Well, if it was in Oklahoma, it would be Oklahoma State. I know people don't want to hear that, but it would be because uh, I root for the state of Oklahoma. And believe it or not, I know that there are a lot of Sooner fans. Oh, come on, Staley. You can't do that, man. Don't root for OSU and anything. You know what? Anytime that Oklahoma State's playing and they're not playing Oklahoma, I'm rooting for Oklahoma State. So that would be number one, and there are probably some Oklahoma State fans that don't believe that, but believe it. Um, and other than that, I'm trying to think of who I would root for. Man, that's a really good question. I've never thought of that. Uh, you know, I used to think back in the day that USC had really cool uniforms and traditions and every day and the... Now I'm like, no, 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 no they're evil, pure evil. I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of who else. Notre Dame, no, hated Miami, Uh, Texas, no, A&M's too crazy, in the SEC, LSU's got too many uh, redneck fans. Um, Golly, that is a great – question it really is i'm trying to think if there's anybody out there i don't know parker who who would you come up with florida state i'm still trying to florida state
1: florida state would be it for me because that's my my mom's whole side of the family is florida state alumni and fans Mm -hmm. so uh there is a lot of seminal loyalty throughout my uh lineage
0: Okay, so I've got Oklahoma State one, and then after that, I'm trying to think if there's any other team nationally. I, you know, I just can't think of one. I really can't. Um, I kind of like Tennessee a little bit. Growing up, oh, the Rocky Top
1: crazies, huh?
0: Yeah, a little bit of Tennessee. Maybe, maybe Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee. I never liked Bama that much. I despised LSU. I liked Auburn's uniforms, but they cheat too much. So maybe I would say I guess I have a thing for Orange other than uh, Oklahoma State and then Tennessee too. And a bunch of Sooner fans are going to get on the text line. I know it right now. And you know what? I don't care. One listener says,
1: come on, Tulsa Golden Hurricane.
0: (laughs) I don't mind Tulsa, but I'm talking about – I'm thinking more power of five. I used to watch, uh, I tell you, growing up on, and I know we're getting close to the top of the hour here, but growing up, I remember the replays that I watched. You had the Oklahoma football replay, and then on Sunday mornings, we had the Notre Dame football playback with Lindsey Nelson. So I kind of like Notre Dame a little bit, but I, I was fascinated watching grambling play. Because we had the Grambling playback as well when Eddie Robinson was at Grambling. That's right yes. and so I thought that was super cool. so but that is a really good question.
1: Notre Dame is one of those schools that I don't necessarily like them, but I have a ton of mm-hmm. respect for them. You can't you can't help but respect Notre Dame as a football tradition and institution.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say maybe Michigan also. I always liked Ohio State a little bit better than Michigan. Um, and, and You know, maybe Nebraska also would be another one that I would root for, even though, you know, it's not the old Nebraska. But I just – I like their fans so much. And, uh, you know, great memories, obviously, of Oklahoma-Nebraska games. The Still, to me, the game that seems surreal was that 71 game of the century uh, when I was, you know, eight years old. And I can still remember watching that game on Thanksgiving Day in my grandmother's living room, being heartbroken when uh, Jeff Kenny scored the winning touchdown for Nebraska. So, But that's a really good question. I like that. You know what? We should apply that to some uh, our listeners also. I like that question. If the Sooners weren't out there, who would you be rooting for in uh, college football or college sports? That was a thinker right there. No doubt about it. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our number one. We still have another hour to go. Mike Steely, parker Thune with you. I'm here at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Course for the 6A Boys State Championship Golf Tournament, which is winding up. Stay with us here on The Ref. we We've got another hour straight ahead. Coming to you live today from the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Course side of the 6A Boys Championship, which is going on right now, and it is getting uh, closer. We have a race down the stretch here between Edmund North and Norman North. It is now Norman North only one shot back behind uh, Edmund North. So uh, Norman North making a run here. The Timberwolves. Putting a run on and uh, making Edmund North work for it again. We have about uh, six holes left down the stretch here. And, again, Edmund North one shot better than Norman North right now on the 6A boys here at Jimmy Austin. And, again, next week, the Sooners, Ryan Hibble's number one ranked Oklahoma Sooner golf team, will be hosting a regional right here at the Jimmy. And uh, the Sooners, again, have had a great year, won the Big 12 championship, number one in the country, Ryan Hibble. Already won a national championship a few years back. Got a chance to win a second one at Oklahoma uh, with this team. Chris goderup has been a great transfer, obviously, for Oklahoma. He's got a heck of a squad. And uh, last year, of course, the Sooners were runner-up to Pepperdine in the uh, NCAA championship. Maybe they can break through and win another one this year. But it all starts next Monday through Wednesday here at the Jimmy with the OU men in action hosting the regional here. You know one of the best places on the planet, Parker Thune? What's that? The grill at your golf club. Okay. Track Don't you think? Why? I mean, to me, the golf club burger has always been very good. I can't think whether it was for me. There were two choices growing up in Norman, and it was, you know, the LU golf course or Westwood, and both of them were very good. And it's, uh, you know, it can be later when you become an adult, which I don't know that I've ever become an adult, but you can be the local watering hole as well, kind of. But the beer tasted better after a round, usually because I was thinking, man, (laughs) how did I shoot 94? That could have been an 80. And then the way that you uh, get rid of your sorrow is, and I don't recommend this long term, but you have a couple beers. But just stay with a couple if you can. Anything over that could get you in dangerous territory and might land you in rehab. Don't do that. But the burger at your grill at your golf club is always a good one, in my opinion. I mean, you grew up playing some golf, right? You had well, yeah, the,
1: Every single week, at least. So, now, multiple come times.
0: on. You. Are you telling me you got a bad burger there? or you no, never so ate I, a burger? I, I never. You're one of them liberals who doesn't eat
1: hamburger meat, okay, aren't you? No, no. You know what? I tell you what though. I never. I never did have. And by the way, no. I do. I do love me a burger. <laughs> had one. Had one for dinner last night. Probably will have one for dinner again tonight. Uh, but as far as burgers are concerned, I never ordered one at the Golf Club Grill. However, mm. as you know, Mike, my first job was on the grounds crew. At a very right. nice golf course in the Omaha area that hosts a Corn Ferry Tour event every year. And when I would be in between tasks out on the golf course, and it would be, you know, 7.30, 8 a.m., that's really when hunger would start to hit because you've been up since 4.30, 5, right? And maybe I had eaten breakfast, maybe I hadn't on my way out the door. So I'd start to get hungry around 7.30 or 8.00. And I would go up to the pro shop, and I tell you what, I have never, ever in my life had a better bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich than the ones that they serve at the Indian Creek Pro Shop. They are on croissants. See, there you go. They were mm-hmm. half price because I work because as a course employee, I got everything at the uh, at the snack bar half price. So I would pay like. 350 and get two bacon egg and cheese breakfast sandwiches and those hit mike those were outstanding
0: see there you go yeah there's usually something there but uh i used to work out here a long time ago picking up the range here at the ou golf course that was when the legendary robert o was the head pro doug breck was like the assistant at the time um and uh, would pick up the range, and I wasn't driving around in, like, the range mobile. I just had those two little things where you stick on the ground and pick up the balls, you know, and you pick them up. That's how old I am. And, uh, you know, this was – it wasn't dangerous because there weren't a bunch of players out there. I can still remember there was one guy that was out there pounding balls all the time as I was picking up the range, Jerry Davis. Uh, I still remember his name uh because he was working on his golf game all the time but uh so yeah the, the discount came in handy too and then uh, you know you get a discount on your golf round and all of that and unfortunately it never totally improved my golf game to the level you know i thought maybe i could get to the pga tour but it didn't work out that way never even uh, came you know within a million miles of that kind of quality golf, but still love the game. It's a great game. Okay, so we got Norman North and Edmund North, and uh, look at this. Norman North now has a three-shot lead. Norman North has taken the lead over Edmund North, and we're looking at five, six holes left here down the stretch. And now uh, Norman North went a great job – by the Timberwolves here down the stretch. There's a lot of golf to be played. Ryan Rayner, the uh, head coach at Norman North, has got to be very pleased. His team is only 7-under on the day. It's a very windy day out there. And now Edmund North uh, having some problems down the stretch. They're at 13 over for the round. And, again, Norman North has a three-shot lead here in the 6A Boys State Championship. Okay, we want to thank the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group. Uh, In Paul's Valley, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a car or truck. And that great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you from the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. So Exit 72, be thinking about Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck right there in Paul's Valley. Uh, So we have talked about uh, Davis Bevel, the Sooners new commitment through the portal and also they got caleb spencer uh to commit the high school kid from virginia three-star uh defensive back linebacker you think he's going to play like that cheetah position at oklahoma but for those who weren't with us in the first hour uh your thoughts on davis bevel and uh, caleb spencer and what they provide
1: yeah so davis bevel obviously a big addition for this oklahoma team because they needed depth at the quarterback position and Beville is a guy that is really a perfect fit for what Oklahoma was seeking in a backup quarterback. He has experience most extensively in the Peach Bowl against Michigan State for Pitt when he was forced the action due to the injury to Nick Patty and the fact that Kenny Pickett had opted out. So we have seen him go up against a Power 5 defense before. He's got mobility, got a big arm, got three years of eligibility left, so he's not in any hurry to be the guy which he kind of worried about being the case with somebody like Gary Bohannon. That ultimately did prove to be the case when he committed to South Florida. So Davis Bevel fits ideally at Oklahoma. He is everything that the Sooners were looking for in a QB2, and he'll slot in as a capable backup to Dylan Gabriel. Not going to push him for the starting role by any means, but you can have a certain level of comfort in plan B if Gabriel were to knock on wood, go down with an injury at some point during the season, Bevel is going to be more than capable of stepping in and filling the void. So that's big for Oklahoma to be able to close the book on the quarterback position and head into the 2022 season with three scholarship guys and an outstanding core of walk-ons to help provide additional depth beyond that. And then as far as Spencer is concerned, yeah, an athlete that I think uh, is going to see his stock rise on the recruiting trail, plays safety at Life Christian Academy in Colonial Heights, Virginia, but at six foot three, 200 pounds, with the way that he moves, the way that he hits, to me, he projects much better as a linebacker. So I would imagine that will ultimately be where he lands at Oklahoma, and I think that is the vision that the Sooner staff has for him as well. Ted Roof was the primary point of contact throughout that recruitment for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, and uh, Bevel, man, you look at that size at least, 6'5", 235 pounds. I mean, he looks like an NFL quarterback. Obviously, he was playing behind uh, Kenny Pickett, and he was playing behind Nick Patty at uh, Pitt, but he did see, again, some action, as we talked about earlier in that Peach Bowl game where he threw a touchdown pass. So he looks the part, certainly, and he was a four-star kid coming out of high school. So we'll see uh, the Sooners again. They want to get uh, some experience there, and obviously they, they love Nick Evers, what he's – All about a big time recruit for the Sooners. But again, you don't want to have to, you know, be pressed to put him in the game, uh, you know, if uh, something happens to Dylan Gabriel. And maybe it would have been Micah Bowens anyway. But still, they needed to feel a little more secure and get a good insurance policy there at backup quarterback. And it appears that uh, uh, Davis Bevel is going to be, you know, well, obviously is what they're looking for. We'll see uh, how it pans out if he has to play for the Sooners. All right. Air Comfort Solutions text line, always available to you, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We're going to take a quick break here at the 6A Boys State Championship at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club and a rally by Norman North. The Timberwolves now have a three-shot lead as we head down the stretch on the back nine here in Norman at the Jimmy, where, again, Norman North has the lead against uh, Edmund North. Really, it's a two-horse race down the stretch, and it's a three-stroke lead for the Timberwolves right now. Timeout time right here. Stay with us on The Rep, the home of Sooner fans. It is a Tuesday. Mike Steely with Parker Thune. I'm here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club, a 6A state championship underway Winding down for the boys here and a uh, two-shot lead for Norman North now over Edmund North headed down the stretch here at Jimmy Austin. And the Sooner Men will be hosting a regional here next Monday through Wednesday. Get out and support uh, that great uh, Oklahoma team that is number one in the country uh, right now. And again, uh, the number one overall seed in the NCAA field hosting a regional here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. Uh, Monday through Wednesday of next week. All right. You want to get to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line? You want to do that? Whatever you want to do.
1: Let's go ahead. We got a lot of folks chiming in. One listener from the 404, shout out to Atlanta, says actually, the best hamburgers can be gotten at any old fashioned bowling alley.
0: The bowling alley hamburger can be pretty good. Now, I haven't had one in, I don't know, maybe 25 years or so, but. yeah, they can be sneaky good. I would agree with that. I, I would still go with the uh, the grill at the golf club more, though.
1: Yeah, bowling alley food that just seems like a really risky proposition, there, Mike.
0: Yeah, but I, most of the bowling alleys that I've been to, and I've I don't know, I've probably been bowling ten times in my life, if that, but they usually do a fairly decent job with the food because that's a big thing. You know, they need to be pretty good at it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's like gourmet or anything, but that's one of the attractions. I mean, look, if you're going to put on funny shoes and roll a bowling ball at a bunch of pins, you need good beer and you need good food. Okay. Unless you're just, like, trying to get to the professional bowlers tour, right?
1: No, I'm, so I'm I, I
0: would say in in most cases that text is correct. I think in most cases.
1: Another listener says the Chuck Wagon Sandwich at the golf shop.
0: What is the Chuck Wagon Sandwich?
1: I have no idea what the Chuck Wagon Sandwich is. I was hoping you Do you guys you have a
0: Chuck Wagon Sandwich? Okay. Yeah, I just asked the girl here at Jimmy Austin. She had no Chuck Wagon Sandwich here, but they, the burgers are very popular. Do you know what's in it, Parker?
1: The Chuck Wagon Sandwich or the burger?
0: Yeah. No, the Chuck Wagon. Uh,
1: I've, I've heard of it. I could not tell you what is in it. See, see somebody
0: you know, somebody's gonna rip us on the text on I can't believe you two haven't heard of a Chuck Wagon sandwich. Here's what it's you know.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I was hoping you knew since you're generally the uh the fellow yeah, endless saying. information.
0: I, no, you were thinking you've been around the planet much longer than me. You're so old you should know what a Chuck Wagon sandwich is. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay, uh from the five eight oh better golf movie, Happy Gilmore or Caddyshack?
0: I'll go Caddyshack, but I like them both. Uh, But to me, Caddyshack's hard to beat.
1: Okay, another good question from the 580. If you could have a team that hasn't been consistently great, not a whole lot of history, but has been pretty good of late and you want to see their success continue, who would it be? For me, it's Utah.
0: Okay. Hmm. Man, this this guy is giving us like blue book exams here. I
1: know it's a very very intricately worded question. I'm taking the Rodin pose again in the thinker statue. Um, Give me Kansas State. That's my that's my selection. I would like to see Kansas State be elite for a couple of years. Wouldn't mind that at all.
0: Man, I that is so hard. I'm trying to think of somebody that has been pretty good but not great uh i mean utah already beat alabama in a bcs bowl game right
1: yes that is correct 2008 the uh, Super Bowl.
0: how about nebraska <laughs> can
1: i say nebraska
0: but i don't even know if they qualify as a team that's you know been like last year nebraska and speaking of this O.U. nebraska game and we've talked about it we both think uh you you ranked that ahead of Texas number one and Nebraska two, or did you say Nebraska one and then Texas two?
1: For what now? What in are terms of on?
0: challenging, uh, the most challenging game for Oklahoma next year.
1: Uh, Texas one, Nebraska two. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: what I thought. Well, Nebraska, look, they were three and nine a year ago. Big year, maybe the last year for Scott Frost. He's already, you know, uh, been sanctioned by the NCAA. He's already had his salary cut by Trev Alberts. But last year, they were in the game with OU, lost by seven. They were in the game with Michigan State, lost in overtime by a field goal. They lost by 3 to Michigan. They had the lead against Ohio State, ended up losing by 9. They lost to Wisconsin by a touchdown. They lost to Iowa by a touchdown. They were in every game. They were really pretty much in every game against some heavyweights, you know, really good teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Look, maybe not as good as they have been, but still uh, Nebraska was right there. Now, again, that could also be the mark of a bad football team that can't close the deal and uh, they can't win those big games but you know how big of an upgrade do you think Casey Thompson's going to be a quarterback for the Huskers over Adrian Martinez
1: I don't know if that's an upgrade to be honest I think really? it's probably it, well okay for Nebraska I would say it's probably an upgrade. Might not be an upgrade at somewhere like Kansas State because obviously every quarterback fits a particular system better than a, another or worse than another. You know, different guys fit different systems differently. And so for Nebraska, I think it's an upgrade going from Adrian Martinez to Casey Thompson, but I definitely think Adrian Martinez upgraded going from Nebraska to Kansas State. Now, I. I think it all depends on what Nebraska's receiver room looks like more than anything else, because Casey Thompson isn't throwing a Xavier worthy this year.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, uh, Adrian Martinez, you know, he was a dual threat. There's no doubt he had great speed. So, and we'll see, I mean, the Sooners are going to see him both with Adrian Martinez at K state now. And obviously Casey Thompson in Lincoln, but, um, uh, it's going to be interesting. That game in Nebraska, again, they're going to be fired up. And like I said, man, they, they went toe-to-toe with the Sooners last year. Now, uh, who knows how much Muleshoe was involved in his scheming at that point, but we all thought early in the season, man, it's this is, uh, this is weird. This should not be happening. These games, you shouldn't have had to go down to the wire against Tulane, and you shouldn't have had to go down to the wire against Nebraska. But guess what? They did.
1: Okay, back the whole to the air- Twilight Zone season continued. Back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The best breakfast is at Hefner Golf Course. Eggs Benedict. Mike, is it weird that I've never had Eggs Benedict?
0: Maybe a little bit. I've only had it a couple times. I
1: feel like it's one of I will those things this. that you ha- like. You have to order it at a restaurant if you're going to eat it. Eggs Benedict is way too intricate to make at home. All right, so if you're going to have Eggs Benedict, yeah. you have to order it somewhere. And when I'm out somewhere for breakfast, I just don't really – there are things that are higher on the priority list for me in terms of my order than Eggs Benedict.
0: Well, there's so many – breakfast is the best meal of the day because there's so many great options. Eggs Benedict is one of them, but I've only had it a couple times. But I will say, yes, the, the grill – By the way, I don't know if you're talking about Hefner Grill or if you're talking about the Lake Hefner Golf Club, because I can tell you that grill is really good, too. That, again, my three favorite grills in uh, golf history are here at OU, growing up, and now. It's really good. I remember my dad and I, uh, when he was still with us, uh, it's been a couple years since we were out here, and I got, for his birthday, got him a PGA Championship shirt, and um, no, it was a U.S. Open Championship shirt, and we came out here in and ate. And it was great. It was really good. Uh, but I, when I was living in northwest Oklahoma City, I played Lake Hefner all the time. And those guys up there, awesome dudes. Uh, and uh, that's a great grill, too.
1: Okay, a couple more so for the yes. Comfort Solutions text line. Chicken and waffles or sausage and pancakes? I am a huge chicken and waffles guy. That is a slam-dunk answer for me.
0: You know, I, I guess I'm missing out because I've never had chicken and waffles. Oh, wait, see. wait, wait. No, I have. I've had it once. I've had it once. I, And I thought it was good, but I like pancakes so much. Uh, I'm pancakes over waffles guy. And don't get me wrong. I like waffles, but I prefer the pancakes. So I would go slight edge uh, pancakes and sausage for me.
1: Okay. Uh, one more from the Air Comfort Solutions Sax line before we hit a break. And I love this question. It is very compelling. <laughs> Which is team is the deep thinker guy? No, again? it's not the deep thinker okay, guy. Okay, good. <laughs> Which team will be back first? Texas, Nebraska, Auburn. Texas. Really, well, Mike?
0: I mean, I don't know. Auburn, what do you consider back like winning 10 games or winning a national title or winning the conference? See Auburn.
1: Let's say Auburn let's say back no... is winning a conference title. Let's let's make that our criterion for back. You have to win a conference championship.
0: Okay, well, I'm going with Texas. Really? But the problem is it depends on how many years Texas, you know, the Big Twelve, <laughs> you gotta consider that too. Really? So um, you think you
1: think Texas will win a conference championship before Nebraska or Auburn will?
0: You know the caveat here again is if if this is the last year of the Big Twelve. I mean, this Texas team, if they got it together, they you know Oklahoma. I think is the favorite, but the talent gap again is not as big as it used to be. Texas, of course, we're talking about player development and his recent history and all of that. Um, but yeah, because you'd be asking Nebraska to beat Ohio State more than likely to win that league, and you would be asking. Um, Hmm. Auburn to win the SEC. See, you never know how much Auburn's going to get into a, get into a year cheating. But now since everybody's cheating,
1: so yeah, I I would give slight edge Texas. What do you think? I would actually say Nebraska, just because I think the Big Ten is going to be a much easier league to win in the long term than the SEC, or rather, the new SEC will be. I don't think Texas is going to win the Big 12 before that move happens. I don't think Auburn is in any position to contend for an SEC title in the near future. Mm -hmm. Nor do I think Texas is going to be able to ascend to that level when they make the transition to the SEC. So, solely because I think of the two conferences, the Big 10 will be significantly easier to win. I would say Nebraska, and I don't expect that Nebraska is going to suddenly have a dramatic turnaround and win 10 games next year. Certainly not saying that. But if you ask me to put money down on which of those three programs wins a conference championship first, I would actually go with Nebraska.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about if if uh, Oklahoma Texas – I personally think this will be the last year for them, but it, let's say it extended out to two. I think Texas – in the Big 12 uh, over the next two years would have a better chance than Nebraska. But, yeah, long-term, if we're talking once Texas gets into the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC, obviously it gets a lot more difficult. But uh, I also – I guess I'm not one of those guys that buys all the preseason hype for Texas every year, but I am one of those people that thinks, man, at some point when you amass that kind of talent, you eventually – have got to find somebody that can coach him up. Now, it didn't appear that was the case last year with Sark at all uh, when you only win five games and lose to Kansas at home. But I don't know. I'll still go Slide Edge Texas. I'm sure they'll light me up on the text line, but that's fine. All right. Speaking of the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 3439. That's 405 651 3439. Mike Steely with you here at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. It's a 6A Boys State Championship down the stretch, a battle between Norman North and Edmund North, and we're coming right back. Back here, Jimmy Austin uh, OU Golf Club. Mike Steely with you. Parker Thune back in studio, the Brown O'Haver Studios. want to thank our friends. At the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring our second hour. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a vehicle and a great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a great guarantee. Also, Riverwind Casino and the great outdoors. Yes, Riverwind has a great hotel, right? World class hotel attached right there to the casino. But also, you can get outdoors at Riverwind and have a great time. At Beats and Bites 2022, the Outdoor Music Festival is coming. Be thinking about May 28th, the first show out. Night Ranger and Starship will be the first show out at Riverwind. And on June 18th, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. That will be in June. On June 18th, July 9th, the Randy Rogers Band, followed by a great fireworks display. And July 30th, Scotty McCreary will be on the Beats and Bites stage. Um, and uh, he'll be doing his new hit song damn straight by the way i'm sure obviously but night ranger and starship get the uh, festivities started on may 28th outdoors all the best local food trucks you also have uh, great craft beer from coop ale works it's a pet friendly environment it's a kid friendly environment uh, and again you'll just have a great time at beats and bites 2022 and don't forget the fireworks show again on july 9th after the show from the uh, randy rogers band on July 9th. Again, Riverwind.com. You can get your individual tickets for 5 bucks a piece. Individual tickets, only 5 bucks at Riverwind.com, or you can go to the box office. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. And, Parker, it's I'm struggling voice-wise today. I feel like I'm <clears throat> scratchy. And uh, If you are a fan of the streaming show that I do from uh, about 2.45 to 5.30 every day, I
1: am not going to be doing that today. I oh, so we're going the to the Bob Dylan Museum together then.
0: Uh, may, well, you know, I'll probably be going home and try. Maybe I'll get a nap in. Are you going to the Bob Dylan Museum? Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Are you really? Oh, yeah. Today? Today. Nice. Well done. On opening day, you're going to the Bob Dylan Museum. That's impressive. Yeah, the, the ribbon cutting was this morning. So, Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa. So, again, if you're one of the fans of the streaming show... Um, I will not be doing that today because I'm having a hard enough time speaking and keeping this voice going right now. So I'm going to give it a little rest and hopefully be all good tomorrow. So uh, NBA basketball last night. I love this. I, I, I like Giannis. Giannis is a heck of a player, and it looked like the Bucks were going to go up three games to one against Boston, but Boston outscores the Bucks 43-28 in the fourth quarter uh, last night in Milwaukee. And after Giannis dunked on Al Horford, you've probably seen the video, the gif, whatever now, of Al Horford kind of looking at him and like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Al Horford's 35 years old. That's the NBA's version of Methuselah right now. Well, not quite <laughs> there, but, you know, he's close, really close.
1: Now that'd be, you, that'd be Udonis Haslam.
0: That's right, and who is the oldest player ever to play in the NBA? Didn't Kareem play it like he was forty-two? I'm trying. That's Kareem somebody. Go was, ahead and Google it up.
1: I think Kareem was even older than that. I think he played. May have been forty-five, forty-six. If you know, I correctly. and
0: you know what? Kareem should be more in the goat conversation. I mean, people talking about Kareem. Everything, all of Kareem's stats pretty much match up with MJ's. And top MJs in a lot of categories. Now, I know Michael took a couple of years off for the baseball experiment, even though that was probably a gambling suspension behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, Kareem had the most unstoppable shot in the history of basketball, the Skyhook. Yet we don't talk about him enough in the GOAT conversation. We should. He was unbelievable. Huge Kareem fan. By the way,
1: Kevin out. Willis played at 44 he is the oldest okay. NBA player on record.
0: Wow. Kevin Willis until he was 44. Yeah, those so, would yeah. have been
1: in the late 2000s, I believe, with the Houston Rockets, if I remember correctly.
0: But how about Al Horford coming back and dunking on Giannis? And the Celtics winning that game 116-108 to 108 last night. So, great game for Al Horford. Uh, Jason Tatum had 30. Marcus Smart had 18. Game five is Wednesday in Boston. Then he had Golden State and the Grizzlies last night. It looked like Memphis was going to win that game and should have won that game without John ja Morant in the lineup. Steph Curry kept going to the free throw line. That helps. Again, uh, the Warriors were without Steve Kerr, who was out with Arona. Uh, Mike Brown, you know, was over there coaching. He's got a pretty good record, track record as their coach when he's been called into duty. But Golden State, man, they had to fight, scratch, and claw to get that done. 101-98 to was the final last night with uh, Golden State. It was a rough night for Klay Thompson. Why couldn't Klay Thompson have had this line in that game six against Oklahoma City in the playoffs? Six of 20, all of seven from three. Basically, that night in Oklahoma City, Clay Thompson could have thrown the ball behind his back in that fourth quarter and it would have gone in. He could have hit the Meadowlark Lemon half court hook shot. But no. That night, that night, and look, Durant Westbrook also had a, some bad plays down the stretch, but it was Clay. It was the Clay Thompson game. But uh, we have two games tonight, Sixers at Miami. Miami can't shoot from the outside right now. The Sixers, James Harden played well the other night. Joel Embiid, again, the masked man, uh, was much more productive, I thought, in uh, game four for the Sixers. We're even at two games apiece there. And the Mavs and Phoenix also even at two games apiece. 6.30 for Philly at Miami, 9 o'clock, the late game for Dallas at Phoenix. So there you go. Going to go back to
1: the text line? Sodak Sooner asks, question, when I go to Lincoln for the OU Nebraska game, do I stay in Lincoln or Omaha? Stay in Omaha. Trust me on this. Omaha will offer you far more to do on the Friday evening before the game. I'm I'm assuming right now I'm operating under the assumption it's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff. We're going to hope that's not the case, but given past experiences, that is the expectation that I'm operating under. So... Omaha is a phenomenal place to spend a Friday night. Go to downtown, get ice cream in the Blackstone district. It is phenomenal. Hit me up, I'll be there. We might be on remote in Omaha, we'll see. But yes, definitely going to want to definitely going to want to be in the O rather than Lincoln. Nothing against Lincoln. It's just Omaha has a lot more going on. Interesting question. Uh, It's got a
0: world-class zoo there, too, right? Yeah,
1: that is correct. The world's best zoo, the Henry Dorley Zoo. That's not me talking. That is zoo experts talking. I don't know how you become a zoo expert, but uh, apparently that's a career field. Uh, Another listener asks, obscure question, why does Georgia Tech still suck? They're down the street from the College Football Hall of Fame.
0: Mm, interesting question. They've had a few runs here and there. There's a school that I'd root for, Georgia Tech, to that guy's question. I don't know. They've always had cool uniforms to me. You know who I'd really, I'll tell you who I'd root for. Also, Army. I love watching Army. And nothing against the Navy. The Navy's a fine organization. But, and the
1: Air Force, too. But you're a triple option guy.
0: Yes, Army. Uh-huh. I, you know, I like the old school Army uniforms, too. Awesome. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't know who the Marines were affiliated with because I had asked my dad, Dad, how come the Marines don't have a team? <laughs> and he explained to me the Marines were affiliated with, you know, like Navy. I guess that's, isn't that kind of Marine life? So, but anyway, I just remember thinking, man, we're, the, the Marines don't have a team. But um, Army's always fun to root for. And, you know, the Army-Navy game is always great. You know what, I? do you like the fact that Army and Navy are going with these wild alternate uniforms every year?
1: Yeah, I love it. I don't mind it.
0: I mean, I wish they would also, you know what, we, we have so many alternate, alternate jerseys pardon me, these days, that um, I wish, maybe we go need to go back to traditional Jersey days. Um, but I love Army when they just wear their regular home unis. That's a great look. Uh, and, and, look, some of the al- alternates have been great. They've been really cool. But I'd also like to see maybe a year where we just, you know what, guys, let's actually go old school with the uniforms we used to wear, like once every Five or six years. I would like to see that. Retro vibes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's break right here. Headed down the stretch here at the Jimmy Austin OU uh, Golf Club. And uh, band grapes rally down the stretch by Norman North. And we're going to fill you in here in a minute. I am updating golf stat as we speak. And all of a sudden, it's taken a while. So I'll give you the update when we get back here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Okay, back with you here at Jimmy Austin. uh, OU Golf Club, Mike Steely with you here. Parker Thune back in studio. We've got locked in coming in uh, with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Sooner Caravan pulling into Amarillo. I I wonder if Tyler McComas was in Amarillo by morning. What do you think?
1: Knowing Tyler... Yeah, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Does that man ever sleep? I don't know.
0: He's a hard worker. that no he is No doubt
1: about it.
0: Hard worker. All right, so we have now a four-shot lead down the stretch. 6A boys, uh, Norman North and Edmund North with Norman North leading down the stretch here at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club. And uh, the parents, the kids are starting to file in here to the grill area and uh, – We still have a little bit of golf to be played, but uh, Norman North with a four-shot lead. Sooners will be hosting next Monday through Wednesday a regional here at the Jimmy. Oklahoma, the number one. See, there goes the voice cracking again. That's when I'm streaming later today. I just sounded like Peter Brady on the Brady Bunch on that episode where he was (laughs) going through, well, you know what, changes. So, anyway, uh, Ryan Hibble's team number one in the country. We'll be hosting a regional here at the Jimmy uh, next Monday through Wednesday. So uh, are, you, are you seriously going to the Bob Dylan Center? I'm that very is, impressed. That is
1: the plan, Mike. I I may not make it up there before it closes, but I'm going to try what time my hardest. Is, what time is? does it close? Well, I'd see, I don't know. That's Do the know? problem. So it says on the website the hours are 10 to 6 p.m., except – on the day of the grand opening, May tenth. So I kind of figure, and I can't, I can't find hours for the grand opening. But I kind of figure, okay, why would you specify except for the grand opening if it wasn't open later than six? So I'm hoping it'll be open later than six, and I can swing by and see all of the Dylan artifacts. Hey,
0: just call them and tell them you're freaking Parker Thune, man, and they'll give you VIP treatment. I mean, that's what they'll do. Friend of mine, David, wants to know. If you've learned any songs on the mandolin yet.
1: <laughs> uh, see, here's the thing. I've played guitar for so long that mandolin isn't a tough transition to make. So, yeah, I can play play a whole bunch of songs on mandolin. I I'm, I've been trying to familiarize myself with some of the iconic mandolin songs. Obviously, as I mentioned... Uh, one of the albums that i grew up on was nickel creek's eponymous debut a lot of mandolin in Mm -hmm. that album obviously iris by the goo goo dolls very famously has a mandolin part so uh yeah i haven't gotten into i haven't really gotten the chance to dive into the mandolin as much as i would have liked to but hopefully uh on the other side of the weekend i'll be able to sit down and uh, pound out some tunes
0: do women throw underwear at you if you play the mandolin? I'm just asking I, I because don't think guitar so. players, you know, guitar players back in the day, uh, the kids are laughing, and the parents are looking at me like, seriously, dude, really? It's just a joke, <laughs> kids. It's just a joke. My friend here, he's playing the mandolin. You know, <laughs> the rock stars. Name a mandolin rock star. See, silence, total silence. And by the way, you should not be throwing your undergarments at anybody. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh
1: man, I can't
0: can you imagine om- that? I'm just asking. I don't think the mandolin player gets that kind of treatment. The lead guitarist, maybe, but no, hey, see, that, their no, own, the, it's, it's
1: the bassist that gets that treatment. That's why I started out on the bass, Mike.
0: Really? Yes. Well, my friend David, who asked the question, he's a bassist too. So
1: okay. Well, there you go yeah i am uh, I'm pretty formidable on the bass really average on the guitar really average on the mandolin as well obviously but uh bass man i can uh I can flick it on the bass guitar
0: well I need to uh I you know just tell them that you're a mandolin player A uh, new mandolin player you're an excellent bassist and you've mastered the guitar and they'll let you in free to the Bob Dylan center
1: Without question. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll show up with my acoustic and play a cover of Tangled Up in Blue, and then maybe they'll let me in. Why not? It was very uh,
0: controversial, one of the big days in rock history, when Dylan plugged in and went electric, right? I mean, all those folksy people were very upset. Peter Seeger and (laughs) all the folksy people. The folksy people. All right. I am. Uh, I I love our show. I have a lot of fun, but I'm happy to get off right now because I feel like I'm losing my voice. It's been a strain to talk today. Yeah, and that's you, never fun. You've
1: probably also still got kids giving you the side eye from your throwing underwear. Coming.
0: Like I said, the kids, a couple of the kids, still have a grin. The parents kind of did the double take, like, "Dude, really? Don't say that." Yeah. So anyway. I'm just trying to teach life's lessons to the kids here in the OU clubhouse. That's all I'm trying to do. Life lesson? I once knew Life a girl that – I knew a girl way back in the day that I was friends with. Never dated or anything, but she threw underwear at Vanilla Ice. And at that point, I thought, ah, friendship over, dude. It's over. <laughs> I mean, Did, did she actually, or really, is this a, a That behavior? was – it was a bra, apparently, but still. Okay. I was like, well, we thought it was funny. I'm like, okay, end of friendship. End of friendship. So, anyway. Okay. Uh, Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. I can't even say auto because my voice is struggling. But we've had a great time out here at the Jimmy. Don't forget OU hosting the regional out here next week. Stay tuned. Locked in is coming up next.